Hey, Ron Caroni here, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. Today we're joined on the show by new home sales consultant, Diana Hawkins with North Ridge Development. Diana has a wealth of knowledge about new homes and make sure you watch till the end where she talks about the pros and cons of buying a new built home. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast where we chat with real estate experts from across the province to learn what's happening in the real estate market. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Hello, Diana, and welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Hi, Ron. It's very nice to have you have me on here as well. I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity to be able to chat with you and um, have a little podcast here with you and get some more information out there in the market and also help myself get some information from you as well. Yes. So let's begin chatting about you, Diana, and how you came to be in new home sales and, and just your experience. Yeah. So my family actually worked in new home sales for a very long time before I ever got started. Um, I'm originally from Calgary, Alberta, and I started working in new home sales in 2013. Um, so I worked my way up from being a sales associate up to being a sales consultant and then moved over here to Saskatoon in 2016. Um, and so I've been kind of grinding away at working in new home sales here in Saskatoon for about four or five years and it's been a very very welcome place to call home so I'm happy to kind of get established here now and it's been a long road but it's exciting and it's definitely very much a family business so it's something that I'm happy to continue doing and be able to kind of still have it be table talk at home. (laughs) Very cool so in your years of experience Diana have you ever seen anything like we've seen in these last couple years I guess we dubbed them the COVID years? I honestly haven't. And that's actually the one thing that's so interesting is that, you know, you you get seasoned in the environment of working in the industry and then something like this happens and everything is all brand new again. So that's definitely kind of what's happening here for me. And I would say it's brand new for probably a lot of people. Most definitely. So let's start off with uh, on the lightest of notes. We've been seeing lots of funny memes going around on social media about the price of lumber and no other industry is probably affected like construction and new home construction. So can we talk about Diana, why are lumber prices going up? Yeah. So, you know, actually, this is something that we've, that we commonly talk about very, very regularly within our industry and within our, just our company in itself. Um, One of the big reasons that we're seeing a huge fluctuation in lumber is the cost of OSB. And OSB is the sheathing material that we would use on the exterior of the framing. And it's where we would attach your vinyl siding to. Um, And it basically just provides a place for us to mount that siding onto the house. And there is quite a bit of it on the exterior of every single home. And previously, like in kind of pre-COVID years, it would have been probably from like $12 to $15 a sheet. Um, And now we're seeing it going upwards of like $60 to $70 a sheet. So that's really where you're seeing the huge jump in in kind of increase in price of lumber is those building materials are kind of spread out through across a ton of different parts of the home and they're used in a bunch of different areas. So we've also seen an increase in roof trusses and floor joists as well. So those are also all lumber materials, but they're manufactured in different places. Um, So it's not any longer just a supply chain issue with OSB. It's extended into other products that have become less and less available as time has gone on. Yeah. So this obviously has the effect of making homes more expensive. 
It definitely does. And that's kind of the hard thing is I think that it's a bit of an adjustment because now with the prices going up, people are now able to afford less and their homes that they're shopping for are going to be a little bit smaller or they're going to have a little bit less features in them. Um, but the thing is, is that buying homes is definitely still an affordable option, obviously, as you know, because the mortgage rates are still so low. Um, so that's still trying kind of helping to stimulate the market and keep sales going, even though people are kind of having to adjust what they're buying. How are you folks adapting to that change uh, and how is it really affecting the end consumer? So we're actually, as a builder, trying to find some alternative solutions for using OSB as a building product in general, um, because obviously the concern is obviously the price, but in as well, the concern for us is the supply of those products and the accountability of how likely it is that we can get more and how likely it is that we can keep the price set at what we kind of have contractually been obligated to um, if that price were to go up during our construction period. So finding an alternative to OSB is definitely something that we're currently working on. Um, there's some alternative products that have been used in the past and some new ones that we're exploring and we're hoping to find um, something to completely replace it. But you will obviously see lots of other builders also doing the same thing. So once a new product has been found, we'll see that same jump in price because of the demand for it. Um, and then we'll also still see possibly the supply chain issues once everyone else gets on board with that solution and tries to adopt it as well. Lots of kind of uh, effects after the effect of one thing mm -hmm. happens and then there's kind of a, um, the, the, the chain kind of goes along from there. All right, Diana. So now let's talk about home prices. Now in my discussion with folks, I have heard that home price surges are in part due to a lack of supply. What are your thoughts on that? I'm definitely seeing that that's a big part of our, our cost increases at the moment is a lack of supply. So then to guarantee your supply of that product, you have to buy a certain amount of it. And then you also have to agree to buy it for a certain price, which oftentimes is higher than what the standard market lowest possible price is. So it's hard for us at times because guaranteeing a price is tough within anything more than a two week window because our sub trades are also not guaranteeing our prices for longer than two weeks. So that's kind of where the volatility comes in as well as you may come in to see me on a Monday and the price might be set at 500,000 and then you might come to see me on Friday and it might be set at 520. So it's impossible to really put uh, a kind of a figure on it. And I think that actually is going to be one of the biggest impacts that will impact people more than the dollars and cents of it is just the moving target of the market right now can be very stressful because it's harder to make decisions around a moving target. Um, so I'm seeing that that's actually going to cause more of an issue, I think, for people than the dollars and cents of it. Because, I mean, 10 grand on a, on a mortgage is going to be about $50 a month. And that can be kind of absorbed into people's life quite easily. But the issue of it being hard to put a number on the house and being hard to put a number on the timeline or hard to get a concrete possession date or find a house even at all, those are all the things that are going to impact people more, I think. Right. So have you folks been increasing your builds due to this demand for housing? Yes, we have definitely increased our build time a little bit because obviously we have less trades working in kind of in tandem together due to COVID restrictions. Um, we do have issues with our supply and demand for product. So just waiting a little bit longer for um, product to be delivered to our houses. Um, and then also having to be more prepared by ordering them further out in our production schedule. So that also then results in our clients having to make decisions earlier on in the process. Right. So 
with this, are you going to continue to build more houses for a longer period of time? What, what's your timeline from, from start to finish, Diana? And how much do you have to project how long this demand will last? Yeah, it's really tough to say how long it will last because from the, all of the indicators we've seen as a whole, it will continue to go up and it will continue to be a thing for the foreseeable future. Um, we don't really have a time frame on when we expect it to be over. Um, and when it comes to building a home, like generally pre-COVID years, I was expecting that a build would be about six months. Um, that build time has now gone up to be about seven or eight months. So I'm definitely expecting that seven or eight months is pretty comfortable. And in certain cases, if it's being built through the winter, you might even be into about nine months. Wow. Um, and so the reason for that, again, is just the, the issues of scheduling due to COVID um, and then product supply issues. Crazy. So when we're looking at how many houses were were kind of built pre-COVID and even in 2020, do you have any numbers of the amount of homes that you folks are kind of going through? Yeah, um, I personally actually don't have a lot of great numbers off the like off of my personal stats at the moment, just because I've been transitioning from one builder to the next. Um, so I started with Northridge just in August of last year. Um, so since being there, I have filtered between a bunch of different communities and different um, sublet areas so that I can get some more experience with them. Um, but it wouldn't be a great reflection on kind of how that would be pre-COVID or post-COVID. Um, I know as a builder, though, we have been selling a lot higher velocity than we did last year, from my understanding. Um, but I don't know exactly the figures of last year's stats. Sure. So today, Diana, one of the main points I wanted to touch on was what do home buyers need to know when they're looking at that brand new house? And so let's first touch on what differences are there when purchasing a new home? So when you're looking at purchasing a new home, um, one of the things to consider is that majority of the houses that you're looking at are all going to be built in a very similar fashion. Um, because of the fact that all builders in the general all have very similar um, building styles, we all have adopted the same practices. Um, you're going to be looking for builders that have land locations that are ideal for you. That's a big thing is just what land positions are available and whether or not you're able to get the piece of land that's important to you. Um, whether or not those builders have good floor plans that are going to suit your needs and whether or not they're versatile to be able to personalize and then suit your needs based on what you actually want to change in the house. Um, and then also to the quality of workmanship over time is really the biggest thing that you want to measure when you're looking for new builds. Um, you have a lot of things to consider that are different than when you're buying resale because you are kind of building it from the ground up. So you have the opportunity to kind of explore the bones of the home a little bit more. When you're looking at resale, the only things that you're really considering are if, if, if this is in a good location, whether or not the amenities in the location service your needs and whether the price is right. When you're looking at a new home, you can look at whether or not the lot is in the right location, whether it's in the right community. You can look at whether or not the floor plan's the right size. If it suits your needs based on the layout itself, you can check whether or not you have all the upgrades that you need. You can check whether or not the price is correct. So there's so many different things you can consider when you're buying new that doesn't really apply when you're looking at resale. Um, and that kind of does change the buying process quite a bit. So there's a buyer out there and they don't really know if they want new home or existing. Are, is there kind of a pros and cons list that we could kind of take someone through of both? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say um, when you're looking for a new home, if you are an inexperienced homeowner, so you're a first time purchaser 
or you in general just don't feel like you have a lot of experience taking care of a property. So like doing landscaping and, you know, regular handy work around the house, things like that. Um, the perks of buying a new home is that it comes with warranty. So you have a little bit more of a user friendly experience because we do focus a lot on teaching people about their new home when they take possession. So we do our best to help train you on taking care of your house and maintaining that warranty as best as possible. And then in the event that anything happens that shouldn't happen, you have that warranty care to protect you and your pocketbook as well because you then don't have to pay for it. Um, so because that warranty is in place, if you have a leak in your plumbing the first year you move in, those are something that we would fix for you. If you're buying a resale home and you get a leak, you have to pocket all of the money for responsibility of fixing that issue. Um, or you have to put a claim in through your insurance, which could then result in having higher insurance costs later on. Um, so it's just very, it's a very different kind of level of integration with how much we help you versus when you're buying a resale home, you're kind of on your own. Um, but at the same time, when you're looking at a resale home, the opportunities for larger lots, the opportunities for lots in more established communities, um, opportunity for styles of homes that don't currently exist. Those are also very big things to consider as well. So it will come down to a matter of personal preference. Um, or in my case, I purchased a resale home so that I could flip it so that I could have the opportunity of then taking a larger sum of money to buy a new home later. So sure. that's also another big opportunity is using it as a stepping stone to get into a new home. Excellent. And let's touch too on taxes and rebates. Now in buying a resale home, there are, and correct me if I'm wrong, there are no uh, taxes involved in that sale, but on a new home, there are some taxes uh, wrapped into it. Yes. So there actually should still be GST and PST on any homes that are sold, but you do not have to apply PST to a home that's already constructed because it's already been built. Um, when you're adding PST, you have to add PST onto the new home as it's being built because you have to pay PST on the build of the house itself and then all of the upgrades and all of the labor. So those are all things that we generally do charge PST on. Um, and the nice thing is that the government has issued the GST and PST rebates to be able to kind of make those prices a little bit more um, attainable for people. And so those rebates are applicable to anybody who's qualified as a primary resident. So if they're purchasing the home for themselves or for an immediate family member and they're paying 5% down, then those rebates would be applicable to them. Um, and I should clarify, it doesn't matter if you pay 5% down, but if you're a first time home buyer, it's your primary dwelling, then definitely you would qualify for those GST and PST rebates. Um, additionally, there is a first time home buyer incentive, which was released by um, the government recently as well. And that first time home buyer incentive, it gives you 10% towards a new home and it gives you 5% towards a resale home. So you do still have some benefits of using that program towards resale, but you do get to utilize it more if you go with a new home instead. Now, there's tons of information involved with buying a new home. If someone wants to reach out to you and, and figure out a few of those like little details, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, so I would actually recommend anybody who's looking for any extra information. If you're looking for little tidbits, details, you can follow me on my Instagram, which is um, Diana Calkins YXE. And that just includes just free information that is applicable to kind of anybody so that it's not specific to my business separately. Um, as well, if you wanted to reach me via phone, my phone number is 306-230-0365. Um, and I'm happy to answer any phone calls, text messages, emails, um, Instagram DMs, anything that can at least get people a little bit more of a leg up in the process of buying their own home. I'm happy to share that information because it's hard to find good information. Um, right now, one of the biggest things I find is when you're searching on Google for information on buying a new home, a lot of it is tailored to an American purchaser. 
um, or it's tailored to different pro provinces. So there are some different things to consider for Saskatchewan as well that may be harder to find. So happy to always help anybody out. Make sure you talk to the experts. Absolutely, always. All right. Great stuff, Diana. So now let's touch on a fun question I like to ask at the end of the interviews. It's what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? So young Diana back in Calgary, she's just entered new home sales. What advice would you give yourself? Uh, I would honestly say the best advice I can always give anybody who's working at, at any job, at any career, at anything that you start is to always see it through. Um, a lot of times it's hard because you, you'll hit a, a little bit of a roadblock or there'll be a little bit of volatility in the environment of which you're working towards a goal. And the best advice I can always give is to always see it through. You might have to take a break from it, but to always get back at it and keep going until you get to the end. Because even if you want to change course or do something else, at least you've got yourself there so that you have a, a kind of a foundation built to be able to stand on a little bit more. Um, so I would say for anybody starting out a new career, before you are worried that you've made the wrong choice, just see it through and trust that you've made the right instinctive choice from the get-go. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Diana. Yes. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me and I would be happy to, uh, to do this with you again anytime if there's any extra information I can share. And it's been an absolute blessing having me on here. So thank you so much again. You're more than welcome. Thanks again to Diana for coming on the show today. Really enjoyed her information. And if you have any questions about new home sales, be sure to send her a message. If you enjoyed this episode or found it informative, hit the like and subscribe button. I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional, and we'll see you here next week. This has been the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you like this episode, find more information and episodes on our Facebook and YouTube pages. If you'd like to be a guest or have a conversation you'd like to learn more about, let us know by messaging the show on Facebook. Thanks for listening.